Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Two Pre-Sales in a Pod. This is Mark Green. We are joined today by Garen Hess, Tom Edwards, and Don Carmichael for episode number 35. Really happy to uh, welcome you all to an exciting episode where we're going to be discussing the DQL. No more wasted demos. And uh, without further ado... What's a DQL, Gary? <laughs> well, we, we came up with the concept of the DQL partly because um, as we looked at how people were using interactive video demos and the impact on, on the process, we started asking where, where does this fit in the overall sales process? And we started thinking about this whole concept that pre-sales, sales engineers, um, in general, don't have a moniker or a, a acronym for their role in the in the sales process, and uh, and that wasn't really the reason that we put it in there, but it started to make us think this is really crazy that pre-sales is such an important part of the buying process, getting the deal done. They're involved in so many aspects of it, and yet we have a marketing qualified lead, we have a sales accepted lead, we have a sales qualified lead, and any number of other acronyms that each company comes up with to define. And yet, what is the the point in the process or the acronym that describes the gate through which buyers have to pass to engage a sales engineer or pre-sales uh, resource? And so we came up with the demo qualified lead as the definition of that, that stage or that gate through which they have to pass. Excellent. Well, that's a great description of it. I mean, uh, finding yourself at the helm of consensus, for those that don't know, Garen runs a fabulous business helping helping buyers buy things um, and sellers help those buyers buy things. Um, <laughs> and um, so I guess you had to explain these concepts in a way that um, – meant a lot not just to the pre-sales people who of course we know and love but the people who they then had to go and describe the effect to and so coming up with something like a demo qualified lead it almost spoke their language don't you think yeah absolutely and it, it's also a way for our internal champions that are trying to affect change inside the organization to be able to communicate with those other peer leaders or people across the aisle where they're they're trying to get buy-in for uh, either technology implementation or just process implementation. Um, as Todd Jansen at Salesforce like to say, get a seat at the table, right? Um, you're, you're able to take this in a, like you say, a language that everybody understands. And a lot of this was driven from the, uh, initially it was all a, a confluence of things, but we did this survey report, the sales engineering workload report, and the data that came back was that 30% of the demos that across the board, 70% of the industry said that 30% of their demos were unqualified. And that's just a huge time sink and a, a huge problem and opportunity for for productivity improvement. So it, it led to this whole process of pulling together the, the DQL concept. Yeah. 
That, that's brilliant. The, I just wanted to kind of, you know, back to this idea that we're actually inserting something new into the kind of sales process. Um, uh, for, for people in pre-sales who don't, you know, think, oh, well, that's all to do with sales, just, just kind of like a, a little overview of this. Most sales methodologies have got a series of gates in them. And, it, and the gate, what happens at each gate? So, you know, just to get on it, you have to be like a sales qualified lead. You'll notice that, you know, the market qualified lead, demo qualified lead, we keep using using this same word qualification because this is at the heart of most sales methodologies the idea of uh, qualifying uh, the prospect uh, the lead and saying is, is it worth moving them to the next step in the sales process moving them through this gate but also there's an inference in that as well which is is it uh, is it worth spending more money on this um because salespeople, especially sales leaders, should be constantly thinking about, um, uh, you know, qualification is if we can't win this, we should uh, qualify out as soon as possible. Because if we if you qualify out as soon as possible, you haven't incurred the extra cost. And the worst thing you'd, you want to be in any sales cycle is second, because if you're second, you'd spend all the same cost as the company who won it, um, except you lost it. And of course, with, there's no silver medals in our game. You either won it or you, or you didn't just lose. You lost all of the cost and there's a thing called an opportunity cost because you also have to think of um, all the other deals you could have been working on that you could have won while you were spending all the time on this. So that that's the reason it's so I think it's so important that the word qualification and I think it, for pre-sales, it's us putting our hand up and saying, well, actually, our time is is, is as important as anyone else. You know, um, you know, and a resource, you know, the, if anyone's been tracking what's going on in the pre-sales world, you know, the number of open positions are demand for our roles, you know, we should be more uh, protective of our time and the, the impact and influence that we can have. We really should. And before, you know, what understanding demo qualified leads has caused people to think about underqualified demos and the cost of underqualified demos. And I know, um, Tom, you're a big, a big fan of how to calculate the cost of uh, reducing those qualified demos. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So this is this is my background as a chartered accountant coming out. I, I love doing ROI calculations for our clients as well. We've got a good podcast <laughs> about that. One, I can't remember yeah. the episode. <laughs> exactly. It's one of the last ones. Um, but I think, Don, you made such a good point about that opportunity cost because when it comes to scaling pre-sales, we know that minting a new sales engineer or solution, solutions consultant that can easily be 12 months. It might be even more if, if you're looking at people working on sort of large enterprise deals where you're working with very complex products. So that means that there's always, well, almost always going to be a big challenge for scale, for growing organizations. You can't hire quickly enough considering the lead time until people are adding full value of the people who have been there two or three years. Um, so then when you're getting this level of wasted demos for demos that are underqualified or demos on opportunities which ultimately exit the sales cycle. That is a huge burden on solutions consulting teams um, when we need to be putting all of our focus and effort on those opportunities which we're going to win. And as, as you said, Don, there's no point coming second equally. There's no point putting in all of that effort into something that's just going to fizzle out ultimately. You know, and I think about the the reasons that the this unqualified the the number of unqualified demos is such a problem. 
um, I, I think about you both. You've all mentioned that pre-sales is under increasing demand, and the way that we've been thinking about it lately is that pre-sales is the demand for pre-sales is reaching across the funnel, and it used to be back in the day that pre-sales really got involved late, mid to late stage. And over the years, it's been kind of moving more and more out of that. And now it's, it feels like pre-sales getting pulled every which direction, not to mention not just for demos, but for consultative calls and just support calls after the fact, helping with implementation and so on. And I think what's, there, a couple of things driving all of this is everyone wants the buyer to have this great experience. And there's this perception that everyone needs a personal live demo. Um, and and there's a perception they need a personal demo, which I think personal is true. They they need every and a lot of people think well the buyer needs or if they want a personal demo right now, then we should give it to them because that's what they want. And and you might say that's also true. And in, in a lot of ways, um, this is the buyers are asking for these kinds of things more and more because of the influence of B to C on B to B. They don't want to wait anymore. It used to be that they would be okay waiting a week or two. Well, buyers are less and less tolerant of of that willingness to wait, um, or that that requirement to wait. And so, uh, the the pre sales the sales engineers are getting pulled into all these different directions, and it it creates this environment where they're just doing so increasingly more and more of these these harbor cruise demos and i think that's one of the the underpinnings of why this the under unqualified demos is happening so much and i couldn't agree more garen i've spoken to a to a few pre-sales leaders in different companies recently and there just seems to be such a big drive for value selling because it's it's the way of elevating the sale if if you want to talk at a more strategic level you need to be talking about the values and the pains rather than going into products. So I think what that means is that's why we're getting pre-sales and solutions consultants much earlier in that sales cycle because they can have those very sort of functional, value-driven type conversations. Like if if you're selling an accounting tool, it's having those, you know, hardcore accounting uh, conversations without actually talking any product, but to be able to have uh, those solutions consultants being utilized earlier in the sales cycle, you've got to re- reduce their output somewhere else or hire a hell of a lot more solutions consultants. There's this great quote, um, what you said reminds me of by some Gartner research that says the the content that buyers value the most is content that is rich in technical detail and cannot be easily faked. Well, what is that? <laughs> I mean, that's that's pre-sales, <laughs> right? And and they, like you say, they want those pre-sales. That, and, and to some degree, buyers don't want to talk to anyone else. They just have to talk to other people. But what they really want to talk to are the pre-sales because that's where they get that those value conversations. Well, that's why the videos should always be recorded by pre-sales people. Because, it, because they bring that authenticity that you're saying you're buying from a person. And more often than not, it's the same person you're going to end up talking to in the demo, in the live demo. You've started that relationship by being helpful at a time of their choosing. 
people lead busy lives and, a lot, and especially at the moment a lot of people are still working um different hours and they're working from home and all on all manner of changes and so asking for time earlier on in that buyer learning zone it's very difficult sometimes and, and, and they would have to get all the information in that short time if you give them a tool that not only they can pick up all of the bits that they need in preparation but then you're qualifying that by them doing that meaning that then your live demo yes it's useful for you so you get to show off your cool stuff but it's incredibly useful for the buyer because they've got some questions that they need answering they had some stuff that they must due diligence check that you do, that you do the software does what it does but how, well how is it really going to make my life different and can i talk to a real person that's the live bit that the de it coming through as the demo qualified lead means you can put the time in well and this is uh, one of the key points i think that is often misunderstood is is because buyers are spending less and less time with vendors and spending more and more time on their own interacting with the different stakeholders in the buying group, doing research and so on, how do we make those live conversations the most effective possible? And so when you use interactive video demos as a way, or as one of our customers likes, likes to put it, digital demo experiences, as a way to engage them earlier, not only do they get that what they need up front, but you do just really amp up the benefit or the value of the of the live conversation. So not only uh, there, there's this misperception that oh, I, I, I for a good experience I have to be talking to them. Um, the reality is it's a better experience. You're creating a better experience by taking this sort of hybrid approach where they are engaging with the the automated demo in a way that in those topics and uh, in areas that can be automated and personalized automatically so that when you engage live you're focused on the thing that only you can that only you can uniquely do which is that really deep uh, like Tom was saying the value conversation and so rather than decreasing the the buyer uh, experience or reducing, um, degrading the buyer experience, you're actually improving it through the whole process. And then think about the impact on the sales cycle, right? And instead of having to wait, right, there's this whole impact of lag time where the buyers are asking for demos. Like, you know, what do buyers want most? There's this other research that Gartner put out that has this list of you know, what are the, what's the main types of information buyers want? At the very top is demonstrations. It's like if that's what they want, and and they they ask for it early. It's like, oh, can I get a demo? And and you know, it used to be the best best practice was there are two things to hold back: never tell them about pricing until the last possible moment, and never give them a demo until the last possible moment, because those are the things they really value. And so you kind of hold them off. Well, they you know they don't tolerate that anymore. And um, and so you give them that demo early. They don't have to wait for this lag time, which which the data shows is at least one week on average, which is a really bad experience. You think, would you want to wait one week for getting to get the information you need to get your task done? <laughs> None of us want to do that anymore. And so you're actually creating this better experience because they get what they need. And then, as we've said already, when they come to that conversation, they are able to engage. Or you're able to dive into those those deeper, more uh, value-oriented consultative conversations. Yeah, I think that's that is brilliant. 
I just wanted to kind of dig again about, you know, the meaning of a demo qualified lead because a salesperson would look at things like a marketing qualified lead, sales qualified lead, that kind of thing. That they've passed through a gate and there's, there's, there's a sense of a challenge that the, uh, the client they've, has overcome. You've set them a challenge. Can you do this or can we prove this? Like, um, like a typical, uh, sales process challenge might be, you know, have we found the economic buyer, the, you know, the real person who's going to sign the check in the old days? <laughs> if anyone's ever uses a check anymore. Um, so for a demo qualified lead, I'd like to kind of go back to, to Garen. Is it is it the challenge that one sense of what we're using demo qualified leaders, we're setting people a challenge, which is is we want you to watch this demo to the end to prove to us that you're committed enough for us to give you a demo. I mean, is there more to it than that? You know, I, I used to work with a, a guy who's, who likes to, like to use the phrase two inch hurdles. He, he would say, I want to give people a two inch hurdle because if they're not willing to go over the two inch hurdle, then why should I take them to the next step? Whatever it was. And it wasn't about sales per se, but he would, he would do it, for example, in recruiting. If the candidate won't do a two inch hurdle, then they're not worth talking to. And I think in a lot of ways, the demo qualified lead is kind of like that. Um, it may not be watching the entirety of the, the interactive video demo. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe that's your, your, your gate. Many of our customers actually use the interactive video demos that they create with consensus as the gate. They, um, in fact, we saw this for the first time a few years ago with a team in the UK and uh, Dublin, actually, and they said, we will not engage with them unless they watch the, the video demo, um, it, it, because if they don't, is it, re- is it a real deal? And so sometimes it's, will they watch it? And if they watch it, maybe share it with another stakeholder, even more qualified, right? So you might say there are different levels of qualification as well. Um, but it really depends on your organization to define what that DQL means. What are the requirements to, to, uh, to pass through that gate? But certainly we recommend that organizations consider using the interactive video demo as, you know, the two inch hurdle. If they're not going to spend five to 10 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever to engage with that, how serious are they? And should you engage those pre-sales resources? And I'd love to add there, Garen, that I've, I've seen this work firsthand um, because the key is if everyone that you're going to be doing a live demonstration to later down the line, if all of them have seen that interactive demo, they're coming to that meeting educated. And I've, I've got a story that I've got to tell here. Um, and it was one of the first times that I really experienced consensus in a sales cycle, using interactive video in a sales cycle, um, we'd utilized this idea of a demo qualified lead. And when we finally got to the live demonstration, um, one of the first questions was, I, I said, do you want a recap of <laughs> the main part of our product? You know, the bit that you demo every single time. Uh, and basically they said, no, thanks. <laughs> we just <laughs> yeah. want to see the bits which are pertinent to us. And that's when I realized how powerful this is, because what that means is then you can use all of that deep, deep discovery that you've now had that additional time to do. And you can do that live demonstration that's been demo qualified uh, just to really hit home those key points that you've driven out of the discovery rather than having to do any kind of overview of this is what our product does because they've come to that meeting educated in the first place. 
Well, and I love how you say that they were saying we don't need to because what's interesting is this impact of, of the increasing number of stakeholders that are in the buying group, right? And this big challenge of how do you discover and engage them sooner? And I, I have the same kind of experience. The very first time that we used our own platform years ago in the sales process and we got on a call and we literally had about 10 people on the very first call. And I, I wasn't sure what to do. And I asked the same kind of thing. Well, you know, do you want to see a demo? And they just said, uh, no, I mean, we already saw that. You know that, right? And we're like, oh yeah, we do. Okay. Never mind. Uh, we're, we're going to move on. But I think this, uh, I want to, the point I want to make is it's not just about the one buyer. It's about all those stakeholders that you have to loop in. And, and usually it's this highly recursive process, meeting after meeting, bringing in these different stakeholders, demo after demo. And another thing that shortens the sales cycle is as you engage those stakeholders earlier, uh, with the, the automated demonstrations, it it helps pull them into the conversation sooner and and they're educated sooner so that that this whole sales cycle um gets compressed yeah i, d- I just wanted to ask uh, garen do you have some stories some experience that how would as uh, let's say if you're a pre-sales individual contributor or a manager how do you have the conversation with sales management sales leadership that we've now got this additional step because you know you're going to need their buy-in for salespeople to accept that there is now an additional gate to all the rest of them you know that, that are part of any kind of sales methodology you know the, the another step another challenge that the customer uh, client has got to overcome yeah it, it's a great question by and large we see that sales leaders are elated with this kind of implementation because they're really struggling we've talked a lot about the buyers well let's talk about the sales experience right is it a great sales experience when your buyer wants a demo and they have to wait one or two or even more weeks to get the demo no they're they're highly frustrated in fact a lot of times you'll see the salespeople trying to figure out how to demo for them you know just how do i well maybe i could just grab some materials or maybe they, i don't know they're just trying to get the buyer what they need so in a lot of ways the sales leaders love this whole concept because they're equipped to give the buyer what they want right away instantly right and uh, and and so it's not that you don't have to do some persuading but uh, a lot of times the sales leaders, once you do engage them around this conversation, are, are really excited because they can they can see right away, oh, these early stage demos especially or even late stage demos where you're trying to close things out and you're trying to get somebody to answer certain questions. If you've got, uh, you know, FAQ demos built for that, it 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 really gives the sales team all these resources um, to it's like having that pre-sales rep instantly at their disposal whenever they want. And, um, and even though they're not, they don't have the pre-sales rep for those strategic conversations, right? But they have them for those, those key demonstrations of, of basic demonstrations that so many of times, so many times the buyers need. So that's, this is one of the reasons though that we use DQL because it sounds just like it fits, right? It's not some other type of acronym. It fits right at, right within that. And if if you go to that sales leader and and marketing even and talk about um, this DQL concept, it's it's often an opportunity for you to bring thought leadership to your own organization, which which helps re- elevate and raise the 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 perceived value of of the pre sales org. 
It really does. And, you know, not only do we find ourselves, certainly I've spent a lot of time um, explaining DQLs and, and, and other similar processes to to my, my colleagues, um, but there's a whole set of people that you can also um, provide background and openness about D- DQLs to that previously you wouldn't have been able to. And this is, I'm talking about being able to supercharge the buyer's power so that internal internal champion one of the wonderful things about buyer champion possibly is the person that's either feeling the most pain or wanting to affect the most change and so they're pretty much on board with needing to do some of this stuff what they need though is a way to know that the company that they're dealing with is going to be able to help their internal stakeholders and so you can use that demo qualified lead stat, the stats that come out the back of it, to prove to the rest of those stakeholders that all of their colleagues are also on board. You know, when one of those stakeholders doesn't get the email from the sales or the marketing or the pre-sales or whatever, they get it from their colleague. Firstly, they're going to watch it because people do. But also, that internal champion can say, look, we've been through this we've shown you and later on they'll be able to go back and say look this this is all of what you've seen before so we've seen the product you know what it's about if you haven't go back and have a look because next week is the is is the you know the decision and because you've involved them on the journey all the way back at the start so we call it a demo qualified lead they call it that next step in engagement um, and I think it's a wonderful power that we're giving them. Yeah. Well, and it's it, the, the champions really don't know what they're doing, right? They, they're very enthusiastic. Uh, they're kind of like dogs. I don't want to – maybe that's bad. That's <laughs> right. We're a big fan of dogs here. Aren't but you? I, <laughs> I've got two schnauzers. I love them. They're very enthusiastic, but, you know, they don't have uh, the same capacity. It's like the they're, the, the champions are – are very enthusiastic, but they're not trained. They don't know. They're not trained as sales reps. They're, they don't know how to go and sell internally. And by providing them with these uh, digital demo experiences that they can share with other people, um, then they're able to do their their work more effectively. Um, and not only that, but they're able to do do that with arguably the best sales engineers or pre-sales consultative um, experts that your company can provide. Um, and, and so it does. It, it, get, it, it empowers them. It equips them to, to get done what they need to. Well, you know what? I'm, this is so exciting because we could dive off into so many different areas of interest that we're all incredibly passionate about. Unfortunately, we would run out of time. However... For those wanting to um, more, for those wanting more uh, wonderful advice from Gary, go back and check episode 16. Um, selling is hard, buying is harder with Garen Hess. So that's all, all very good. And in the closing minutes, um, the, almost the most exciting bit that I know our listeners love to wait for is actionable insights. So if we've got one bit of advice about demo qualified leads. Um, Garen, I'm going to pick on you first. So whenever you're trying to affect change, 
uh, it's a difficult process. And and one of the things that I want to leave you with there is this this quote from a Bob Dylan song, song which I really like. Um, and it's from a song called It's All Right, Ma. And he says, he not busy being born is busy dying. And, uh, of course, I, I don't have a good Dylan imitation here, but, but I, but the, the thing about it is the world is changing. Buyer behaviors are changing. Pre-sale, digital pre-sales is being born. Um, and one of my main points, and this is maybe not actionable, but it's leading up to the actionable. And it is that if you're not part of this change, you're, if your org is not part of this move towards DQL and intelligent demo automation and all of that and digital pre-sales, you're not busy being born. You're busy dying, right? Wow. And so we always have to reinvent ourselves. We can't just stay the same. Or there's no, there's no step. There's no, there's no static place you can be. You're either going backwards or you're going forward. So that's just kind of my my philosophical thing. And then I would just say, uh, you know, the demand for pre-sales, as as we were talking about, now reaches across the funnel, and that's that's often burying your SEs in. And, and teams under this load of demo requests. And so the actionable item is make a decision today that you're going to go uh, be the champion inside your organization to implement the DQL and implement processes and technologies that can help drive this, drive this efe- uh, forward effectively. Um, some of our organizations, uh, I think uh, one in particular Tom was part of uh, not too long ago, um, saw their demo qualify. I mean, their unqualified demos reduce almost down near to to zero. Hence, the the no more wasted, no more wasted demos. Yeah, I I was going to add uh, a takeaway. Take accountability for your time. You know, as a pre-sales person, you know, put your hand up and say, look, is this the most effective use of my time? You know, um, you know, you have earned the right to have a step in your pre-sales process to have a qualification step you know salespeople have had it marketing people have had it you've earned the right you know you're a very effective expensive you know very precious resource take accountability for your time and say is this the most effective thing i should be doing so and the journey to do that is use demo qualified leads and rewind to the bit where garen talked about how to take that conversation to sales because um that's how you do it and then i guess my takeaway is it's it's all about customer centricity, and I think a big reason of why so many of us are in solutions consulting is because we love solving problems for our customers. And if we can use something like a demo qualified lead that can reduce these number of wasted demos, you know, that's the title of this episode, that's where we can add more value. And with this drive towards value selling, where pre-sales getting involved earlier in the sales cycle, to have these more strategic uh, sort of vision type conversations with prospects to really uncover the challenges that they're having and how we can help advise them on how to solve those challenges. That's really where we're going to add the most value to customers rather than doing these repetitive type demos on opportunities which might be underqualified in the first place. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, how to follow basically a perfect summarization, all three of you with amazing actionable insights. I think that would probably leave me just just to echo, Darren, in the last last time you were here, so don't wait thinking about your buyer enablement. 
Um, and yeah, sure, there's millions of ways of doing it. There's some that are very involved, but there's some that are very light touch. Just start thinking about it. Start calculating your cost, as Don said. Um, value yourself and uh, go and get some of this done because everybody else is and your competitors certainly are <laughs> so yeah well with that thank you garen thank you tom thank you don uh we will be back next week with an ap- another episode of two pre-sales in a pod and from myself and everybody thank you for joining us bye-bye thank you, everybody. see you later